listening to Hawks Insiders, home of quality analysis, special features, match recaps, interviews, and so much more. Follow us on Substack for extended coverage of all things brown and gold. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another Hawks Insiders podcast. I'm from your host, Danny Prince. Um, this evening, we are recording our post-West Coast Eagles Round 10 uh, Demolition Player Review Pod. Um, in the co-host seats with me tonight, I have the one and only Andrew Weiss. Weissy, how are you? Uh, I'm sure the same as you, Prinzy, Daz, and all of our listeners. Just... Uh... Just can't stop smiling. Uh, very, very happy with the performance today. And when was the last time the bottom of the ladder team had a 100-point win? Do I you think, have that answer? I think I saw today that it is the greatest win from the bottom of the ladder in the AFL era. So uh, you'd have to trawl back through the history books. And I'd ask Swamp. Except, no, I was going to uh, say, don't don't you ask Swamp again because... <laughs> Um, blacklisted. Yeah, I think uh, me and Whitey had a few um, a few requests of Swampy back through the hub days around umpire and free kick tallies, and uh, I love Swamp, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm on that blacklist. So My, that love might only go one way. I think. Uh, well, we see it's great. It's great to have you on board. Um, as always, it's a great pleasure to have Darren Levine. Darren, how are you going? Good, yeah. It's um another day where Hawthorne just proves how bad they are at tanking. So um not did good. not see a hundred and sixteen point win coming, but um I'll take it. I'm, I I enjoyed every minute of that. That was awesome. Absolutely. So obviously the Hawks led at every change. They uh kicked seven goals one in the first quarter, which was our best quarter of the year. Um, they were 11-4 to four goals at halftime, and that's when the floodgates really opened. The Eagles didn't kick a goal for the second half. They kicked two behinds, one in each quarter. The Hawks um, kicked th- only three goals, four in the third quarter, but absolutely let rip in the last, kicking eight goals, two, um, to eclipse the previous best quarter of our season, three quarters earlier or two quarters earlier, depending on how they, how you look at that, um, to run out 116 point winners. And it was as comprehensive as the Eagles injury list um, and a phenomenal um, confidence booster, percentage booster, um, anti-tank booster for the Hawks. Uh, messages flying through our WhatsApp chat. You know, we're mathematically still a chance to make finals. Um, there might've been tongue in cheek in that. Um, but it was just nice boys to see a bit of a win. We see, um, it's been a while since we've had one and there's been some tough games this year. Uh, nice to be on the other end of the tough game and, uh, be inflicting it on somebody else. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we've, we've said the whole way through this season that you just want to see those green shoots. You just want to be able to see a roadmap and a pathway and you just want to see, us progressing in a positive manner and um, our win earlier in the season gave us that. And after a couple of bad losses, we had those narrow three-point wins, which was enough to make us know we were on the right path. And it's actually a little bit nervous heading into today because I was very confident we'd win. That's a scary thought this year though, isn't it? 
Uh, it is. And they kicked the first goal and you, you still like, you're still thinking it'll be fine, but there are the moments. So just to do it the way we did. And I mean, there's so, so much good stuff to talk about that, you know, that's the sort of stuff you got to hold on to. And, and let's not, uh, let's not overplay just how bad West Coast were. We were playing against witches' hats, but there were some beautiful passages of play where you go, once we start doing that against better teams and pulling it off, uh, it's going to be very, very exciting. Daz, I'm about to whip through just the general game stats before we get into the player review. Um, but as an avid Box Hill watcher your, yourself, could Box Hill, and this is no disrespect to this West Coast team, and this is not saying anything about the, Haw the Hawthorne team who aren't a good side, but could Box Hill Hawks legitimately beat this Eagles side? Yeah, I think um, they're so well coached this year and they've got a great system. Um, they've been playing against really good opposition lately as well, Box Hill. So, yeah, that's clearly one of the worst West Coast sides I've seen in a very, very long time. I think our, our good mate Damo Barrett said that it's the worst thing that he's ever that's ever happened to that club in, in 37 years, including the um, the illicit drug scandal. So, you know, it's that is that is a team that's in a huge hole, and you're talking about injuries to players that are on their way out as well. Players that have probably got a year left that are, um, for lack of a better word, washed up, and their bodies are breaking down. So it's it's other than Oscar Allen, I mean. Who are you gonna? Are you, who would you take from that West Coast team? They're just, yeah, they're in an in an absolute hole, and it's going to take years for them to rebuild. Yeah, and I think that's a really good scene setter, Daz, because um, you know there's going to be some pretty high rankings flying around to, in this pod, and um, I think context is important. And um, we were not playing a good side. So if this had happened and we were playing, you know, a middle of the table side, then, you know, by all means go, go off. I, I think we still need to rate accordingly, but we just need to keep some perspective around the quality of the opposition as we rank. Um, just going through a few of the stats, obviously the Hawks dominated across the board, 448 disposals to 311, uh, 233 kicks to 180, 215 handballs to 131, uh, 70 inside 50s to 29, um, disposal efficiency of 65 uh, 75% to 69% for the Eagles. So the Hawks went at um, three of every four disposals hit the target. Um, efficiency inside 50, 54%, 38 shots from seven in, 70 inside 50s. I think that's pretty good. Um, one for you, Andrew Weiss. The Eagles won the free kick count, 15 to 17. Noted um, that. And yeah. Whitey and I were messaging privately, uh, definitely on the agenda to discuss. How does that happen when you're first to the ball all day long? We can just wind charity, him up, Daz, and let him go, right? Happens. We can just wind Weezy up about the couldn't even, He couldn't go. even let him win the free kicks, Weezy. No. That is just so cold. <laughs> um, the clearances, the Hawks went... Uh, Went well in again, 44 to 37, um, 13 to 7 in the center, 31 to 30 in the stoppage. Um, and just an overall uh, domination, 105 marks to 83, 
18 marks inside 50 to one. I think the one was Oscar Allen in the goal square. Um, and I think that was really all he had on James Blank all day. Um, and then, yeah, 10 to eight contested marks and 90 to 82 tackles in our favor, even though we won by 116 points. Tells you that the hunger was there, that they really, really wanted to win. I think also... Uh, another really interesting stat is we had 14 bounces to one bounce. Um, so it just shows you the Hawks are trying to run and carry the ball uh, and make the make the Eagles pay. But enough of that. Let's get into the player review. That's what we're here for. Um, Darren Levine, I'm going to start with you. Mitch Lewis, uh, Weesey's got his hands in his uh, his head in his hands because he really wanted this one. Um, sorry about that, Weesey. Um, Mitch Lewis had 24 touches, eight marks. Uh, a tackle and just the lazy six goals too. Um, just tell us about how good our number one key forward was against um, sort of slightly less than AFL standard opposition. Yeah, going to be an 11 out of 10 for that performance, just setting the tone early. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's a com com very complete game for me. She works so hard and so, so often he was, you'd see him in the defensive half of the ground taking a mark, working hard, putting pressure on 24 touches, you know, in, in such a dominant display. How often do you see a key forward getting 24 touches and just a testament to his leadership and hard work? Should have kicked seven goals, but I think he got some bad advice from Brocky to uh, go around the corner when he usually would just go the drop punt. And I think this, uh, the impending siren kind of put him off, but other than that, it was just an absolutely dominant display and we're just a much better side when Mitch Lewis is in it. So I'll stick by my 11 out of 10 rating. <laughs> you hate ratings, which is really interesting because this is a ratings podcast and you're on every week. Uh, Andrew Weiss, John Newcomb, number three, uh, 24 touches as well, 11, uh, 13 and 11, five marks, nine tackles um, and seven clearances. He um, also kicked a goal and it was another solid uh, outing by Jai. Your thoughts? If you'd like to take yourself off mute. Yeah, sorry. Just too excited getting right into it there. Um, well, I think he did He did really well. He, he had a great uh, start to the game and faded in the second quarter, but uh, really came home strong in the second half and, and spent a fair bit of time up forward as well. So... Um, I think the the stats are pretty good for uh, a mid who played a fair bit of time up forward. I think as well he led the way for pressure acts for our team. Twenty three, yep. Um, so it was it was a very it, it was very much a, a rugged bullish performance, um, and he looked great up forward as well. So um, was getting into good good spots to crumb um, around the big talls and that goal where he came back around and, and kicked it was magnificent as well. So I thought he had a solid day. I gave him an eight out of 10. Uh, German Impey does. Um, a lot of build up in the game uh, with Jars as the focal point, designing the jumper, um, you know, sorting out some of it some of those uh, indigenous themed and painted boots, which were incredible. Um, 
you know, he probably had a bit of a quieter game than he's had so far this year, but there were some really good um, gut-busting runs through the middle at the same time. Finished with 14, 9 and 5, three marks, two tackles. Um, and your thoughts on Jarman's game, Darren? Yeah, I mean, it was, you're right, it was a pretty quiet game for Jars compared to his normal standards over the past few weeks. But the thing I noticed about Jars was he was a lot cleaner this week. He had zero turnovers as opposed to five um, from the previous game against Melbourne. 80, went at 86% up on 65%. So Jars was was really clean, I think, in a, in, in a game where we sorted out a lot of the fumbles that we had against Melbourne. Um, he was a big, a, a, a sort of a big part in that. Um, gave us a lot of run and carry off the halfback line, the link in the chain in in terms of our aggressive runs out of halfback and a pretty solid game and obviously meant a lot to him in the said um, Doug Nichols round and um, yeah, just the spiritual leader of our club, Jars, and um, just great to see him getting a consistent run of footy. So I'm going to give him a six and a half. Uh, James Warple, uh, we see... 27 disposals, 8 and 19, which I think is the kind of split we want to see from Warps. Um, he had one mark, six tackles. He had eight clearances. He went at 70% disposal efficiency, which is right up where we'd like him to be uh, for a man who gets first hands on it. He did have five turnovers, uh, but he also had five score involvements and kicked a goal. What say you on James Warple? So led the ground for total clearances, led the ground for contested possession. Um, and so because of that, I mean, there were three or four free kicks he gave away in a, a period where tried to fend off holding the ball. Um, a couple of absolute stinkers and just a little bit worried. But uh, I think when you put it in the context of his overall body of work today, um, he continued on playing the role that he's played all season. If if he keeps doing what he did today and he's done through the first 10 rounds for the next 10, um, despite the fact that optically it might not be considered the same, I'd just about put the season from an output point of view on par with his Crimmins medal year. Um, he has been that good and that important in this midfield unit. So I thought he was excellent um, and, and I'm happy with giving away those frees when he's trying to take the ball on and, and win the contested footy. Um, so I gave him a seven and a half out of 10 today. Those uh, free kicks when um, somebody tries to fend off, it doesn't work and they get caught holding the ball. They're called the Jager, right? That's, they're that's called the Jager. They're called the Jager, except it's it's probably uh, a, a little bit worse when, like Jager, you only have 15 touches for the game, not 27 and, and lead clearances and contested possessions. So uh, so that's okay. We'll let him get by with that. There, there it is. You just It's umpires or Jager. You can wind him up and let him go. I love to see it. Um, our captain, uh, James Sicily. Another game with uh, high disposals, 30 touches, Daz, 18 and 12, 11 marks, four tackles. Um, had a had a bit of a field day out there, um, picking off anything that came his way. He did have six turnovers, but it had 11 intercept uh, possessions. Um, one of his marks were was contested, 600 metres gained, uh, which actually, which is huge, but... Um, 
not the highest for the Hawks this week, but he had seven inside fifties as well as his two rebound from rebound fifties. Daz, what did you make of Sis's game this week? Yeah, well, I've been pretty hard on Sis the past past few weeks, and um, I think this is a game where he's he was back to doing what he does best and playing that more kind of free role. Um, across the half-back line, distributing the ball really well, just switching. They switched the ball so well today, and this was a big part of that. Um, and I think, you know, he he did the hard stuff too. There was a great tackle um, in the second quarter where he stopped the ball. The ball was kind of going uh, back um, towards towards the Eagles' goal, and um, he laid a great tackle, and then I think we got a goal out of that. So, yeah, it was just cis doing cis things, and um, you know, I did I did see that defense was just so much more organized. I think the fact that Blank was just playing one out with um, Oscar Allen, I think freed him up to 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 do what he does best, and we'd just love to see him continuing in that role because that's when we get the best out of cis. So, gonna give him an eight out of ten. It was a great game. Ned Reeves, the big noodle, he had seven disposals, five kicks and two handballs. That's a, you wouldn't read that very often. Um, two marks, a tackle. He had 32 hitouts and four total clearances. He played just over half the game before being subbed out. Um, went at 57% disposal efficiency. Um, he That's about all he did, we see. Your thoughts on Reeves' game this week? I've got a feeling if we add Reeves' ranking and McDonald's ranking together, it'll be the highest combined total that a sub on and off has received because I think they actually both were outstanding in the halves that they played. Um, Reeves was dominating the ruck. So we had 32 hitouts at 76% um, hit outs to win percentage um not necessarily to advantage all the time but again it showed that he's learning his craft if we've got someone that is getting their hand to the ball first all of the time our midfield unit's going to get be all the, all the much better for it he took that big mark down in defense as well at one point so um it is a shame that he didn't get to play out the game. Having said that, Meek in the second half was absolutely magnificent. So it's quite a little it's quite a little conundrum because I'd almost contend that they're both great ruckmen to play out full games in their own right. So actually, you know, that balance um, throughout this season and beyond is going to be interesting. But I... Uh, I couldn't give him much more than a six, given that he only played half a game, but it was pretty decent. So I gave him a six out of 10. Moving on to number eight, Sam Frost. He had 19, uh, nine and 10 with five marks and a solitary tackle. One, um, one, at least one piece of the pure good frost ball that we all come to watch. Um, he went at 90% disposal efficiency. His disposal efficiency has been like incredibly high for a, for a number of weeks now. Uh, and he gets quite a fair bit of it as well. So um, that's really interesting. He had eight intercept possessions, five score involvements. He had five marks, including one contested, um, just the 260 meters gained. Uh, and he also had three one percenters. Daz, how did you rate um, Frostball this week? Well, yeah, well, he's coming into the season nicely. I think he had a 
a run of really poor games at the start of the year. And credit where it's due, he's, he's really shown a lot of leadership in that back line uh, this week anyway. Um, and I think he's he's been pretty good, cleaned up his disposal, and um, he's just really key to the way that we play um, and the way that we're setting up. And the, the run out of the back is just... It's it's just very dynamic and it's very dangerous and it's very aggressive and Sam Frost and Sicily and um you know the the, the smaller guys Seamus Mitchell Lockie Bramble I think are really key part in that so yeah pretty solid game from Frosty um didn't really have a direct opponent opponent that he had to worry about too much and I think that really helped him but um yeah credit where it's due it was a, it was a pretty decent game so I'm going to give him a seven. Do, do I remember correct, correctly? Is he on report? Did yes, he I did hear that. Yep. I did hear. I didn't know what what Does was. Do you have anything to for. worry about? Yeah, I three did. weeks, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Just given the way things uh, have gone for us. There's a couple of supporters who might be happy with that, Daz. Um, I, I think they didn't actually show the in the replay and didn't quite ca- catch it. It was a late high. Um, uh, they were just out of bounds, about 60 metres out, mm. and he caught someone high, but mm. he seemed pretty shocked to be reported and there was no um, like there was no injury as a result of it. I'd be surprised if it was anything more than a fine. All right. Uh, number 10, Carl Amon, um, our prize free agency recruit, keeps on keeping on. He had 23 disposals. 13 and 10, he had seven tackles, which I'd argue, I'd probably guess is um, a, at least a season high and a, and a um, club high for him at the Hawks. Two marks. He went at 83% disposal efficiency, which is exactly why we got him. Um, he had two goal assists. He had seven score involvements. Um, and he he didn't hit the scoreboard himself, uh, we see. But he also managed a couple of clearances, including a set, one center clearance. So um, six inside 50s and three rebound 50s just tells you how he moved um, across the ground all day. How did you think Carl played this weekend? Yeah, so previous highest number of tackles for us was against Adelaide. He had five. Um, and you wouldn't pick him as being one of those high tackling players. So that's a pretty good pretty good result look I think I think this is basically Al Amon's role and what we want to get out of him week after week so we were watching him last year at Port semi knowing that he was coming to us or hoping and you know he was having 30 possession games every week and we were getting excited about that I don't think he has to be that 30 possession ball winner, especially now with the amount of work being done by that core midfield unit to have mid twenties, to have 500 meters gained running up and down on the wing um, is what you'd expect. I think he had a really quiet first half, um, but really came into it in the second. So um, I gave him a six and a half out of 10 um, and would be happy to see him playing this sort of game every week now does everyone's favorite irishman uh connor nash is the story that just keeps on giving um this week he just continued on his merry way having 30 disposals 16 kicks 14 handballs eight marks eight tackles 
80% disposal efficiency, um, 14 contested possessions, only the two turnovers. He had two goal assists, nine score involvements, 521 metres gained, eight clearances. Seven of those were stoppage clearances, six inside 50s and four rebound 50s for a hell of a game for Connor Nash on the stat sheet. How did you rate him and what 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 can he become as a player? Well, I think the other part of the story is how poor a game Tim Kelly had. And I wouldn't say on the surface, 26 possessions doesn't seem like a poor game, but he went at 46% and had eight turnovers. So it just shows how when Nash is around and Nash is playing again as your direct opponent, you don't have a lot of time on the footy and you're just constantly worried. It's that, it's that perceived pressure. And, um, you know, you talk about a ceiling and we were talking about at the start of the year, maybe Nash not being, you know, in the next, in, in the, in the next premiership team. I mean, he, I, I think he's, he's an essential part of that, of that midfield group. Um, he's going to be a player for us for, for a long time. And, isn't it wonderful to see him blossom into the play that actually none of us thought he would become? And I think it all starts with Sam Mitchell noticing that he he was just lost in that forward line and um, could do a job in the midfield. Um, and it's been one of the one of the master strokes of his coaching career. If it was indeed Mitchell who made that who made that shift, but um, everyone's trying to egg me on to give him a twelve out of ten, but um, why not twelve out of ten? It was yep. it was a very complete performance from Nash once again. Yes. You are allowed to give realistic ratings, um, but you know I'm not telling you how to do your job. That's fine. Um, I think the commentators um, summed it up really well. We've there's been great Irish players um, that have come into the AFL. Um, you know Zach Tui still going at Geelong. Um, you know there's 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 quite a number of them. Jim Stein's obviously the best, and he was a ruck. Not many of them play pure midfield roles. I'm thinking possibly Pierce Hanley did for a little while uh, for Brisbane. Um, Connor Nash is a really unique, unique footballer, isn't he, Weesey? Yeah, and that that switch that Daz talked about is really the genius of it all. Like his game today was so good. He was so good. At one point, uh, and a shout-out to the crew, uh, he'll be listening in the morning that I watched the game with today. Like I actually said, it wasn't that long ago we were watching him every week up forward saying, just end this experiment. Like him and Connor Glass, like just be done. Like it is a waste of time. There is no point. And he would be... The biggest, I wouldn't say rags to riches, but where he was a few years ago as a forward versus what he is producing as a midfielder is actually mind-blowing. It's actually mind-blowing. And he was clearly best on ground for me today. Uh, and you're right, like to see an Irishman do it in the, mid, in the middle of the ground is pretty special. And we, we're going we're gonna to move off Conor Nash now, but... One final comment I wanted to put on that is it, I think it speaks really quite strongly that individual players' developmental arcs aren't 
the same. And we need to have patience with some of these players. We have, as fans, we are so quick to write players off the minute we think these guys aren't going to contribute, you know, past the end of this year. We want them gone and we want the next brightest and best thing in. Sometimes we need to be patient with these guys. Seamus Mitchell's another one. You know, three years on the list, you know, not no games, no even real standout games for Box Hill for Seamus Mitchell. You know, we talk about Connor Nash playing in the forward line and really struggling to the point where everybody's saying, you know, let's end this, put him out of his misery, put us out of our misery. But it takes a positional change or a mindset change or, um, you know, belief from a coach or something like that. Sometimes you just need, like in Seamus Mitchell's case, a fair run at it without injury and it can click and it can come quickly. And I think that this is a real, um, I guess, just a quick statement around, um, you know, don't be quick to write players off. Obviously we need to turn the list over every year, but you know, people can make it even if they don't show Brownlow medal form in their third game. What we see. So are you going to give Seamus Mitchell a rating, Frenzy? Uh, no, I just want to back up my <laughs> no, no, work just... in saying Seamus Mitchell was going <laughs> to be a player when he has started to prove that he's going to be a player. I was going to say, think... yeah, too, yeah, sorry to cut you off there, no Frenzy, but in terms of what Connor Nash's development does to just Irish players that are, that are watching this from abroad. And then, you know, Fiona O'Hara as well in, in the VFL, and he's taking a while to develop, but he's got those similar traits. He's got the rugby background, hard tackling, just an incredible athlete. And, you know, what that what that says and um, he, the, the, the kind of role model that Connor Nash has become, um, it's, it's, it's pretty special to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Moving on to the golden boy, Hawks Insider Zone, Will Day. Um, 24 disposals, 10 and 14. He had five marks, four tackles. Went at 71%. Uh, had the solitary turnover, seven score involvements, uh, five marks, one of them contested, um, two marks inside 50. Um, he also had uh, five clearances, um, and had three inside fifties for the match. And that sums up his match. I think we're up to Weesey. Yeah. Well, what I love about this is I thought he had a really, really good first quarter. I think he pretty much went missing through the second and third, and he was really good again in the last, but still had 24 touches still what he did in those big chunks where he was super effective. He looked unreal as he has all year and the fact that he did all of that and was our fifth or sixth best midfielder on the day uh very very good very very positive sign so I've given him a six um again it was good to be able to give other guys uh a, a shot and more time through the middle especially with the scoreboard so I think that was basically a product of that um but happy enough happy enough with his day no pun intended. Um, one of your very favourites, Darren Levine, is Dylan Moore, who loves a goal and got one today. 22 disposals. He split them 50-50. Three marks, two tackles, one goal, one. He went at 73%. He had predominantly uncontested uh, possessions with 17. Uh, only two turnovers. 
turnovers. He had a goal assist and six score involvements uh, and had six inside 50s. We started to see a little bit more confidence from Dylan Moore, I think, today. Daz, how did you rate his game? And is he sort of trending back up to where we want him to be? Yeah, definitely a step in the right direction for Maury today. It was good to see him hit the scoreboard again. It's been a few, a bit of a dry spell for him. And I think he really thrives off of kicking goals, gives him a lot of energy and um, really fires him up. So it was great to see him hit the scoreboard and he just works his socks off all game. He he really did. And I think they even the commentary um, noticed as well. So definitely a step in the right direction. I do feel he's maybe just, just trying a bit too hard at times. Um, but it's, you know, his hard work and his persistence is paying off. And yeah, it's good to, good to see him get a game like that or it'll do his confidence a world of good. So, um, I'm going to give him a, a, a six and a half. Blake Hardwick, uh, 17 disposals, eight and nine with four marks, two tackles. Um, Hardwick had seven intercept possessions. He had... Five score involvements. Um, four, all four of his marks were uncontested. He had two one percenters and two rebound fifties. Um, a bit of a quieter day, but the ball probably not in his general vicinity too often. We see. What did you think? Yeah, I think also when you take into account that he didn't play on Dom Sheed, Oscar Allen, or Jermaine Jones, meaning his opponent didn't kick any goals. Uh, which is his role. You could you could argue that he played it, but he certainly was a bit more quiet and less noticeable than usual. Um, not as many kick-ins to be taking um, probably affected that as well. Um, so I, I don't think I, I don't think there's too much to examine. Did his role uh, without it being spectacular. So six out of ten. And you don't mind that from uh, small defenders in big wins. They're not expected to have a heap of it. Um, a small defender that did have a heap of it, though, uh, Lockie Bramble um, showed, I guess, exactly why he's on the list and why, you know, we shouldn't be too quick to get him off it. 24 disposals, 21 of them kicks, three handballs, seven marks, kicked a beautiful goal. Uh, he did go at 62% disposal efficiency. He had three turnovers. Um, but he had seven score involvements uh, and he had a whopping 700 metres gained, uh, which is exactly what he's in the team for, Darren. Yeah, it was it was a great game. And, you know, so much of our attack was set up from from the back and it was the line-breaking speed of Lockie Bramble and Seamus Mitchell. Um, I don't know what his stats were in terms of running bounces, but there was definitely... A, a couple of really nice plays on the wing when he he went for a bounce and just drove us forward and yeah his best game of the year for sure I'd love to see him stay in the, the team for the next few weeks and you know it's probably going to be at the expense of CJ um which which is you know disappointing for CJ I think he's just had a really stop start season but yeah if Lockie Bramble keeps playing like that he's going to cement his place in this team and we looked really good with the, with the two of them um, just breaking out of defense all, all game and uh, really, really um, set up a lot of our attacks. So, yeah, great game from Lockie, and I'm going to give him a seven and a half. Before we go any further, Daz, um, could this week to next week be a week where, provided um, Ned Reeves' injury isn't bad, that we have that we put through an unchanged team? I hope so. I think the, ch the team's just been chopping and changing so much. 
Um, it would be good to to give this team a run, and I think they all they all deserve it. I know that there's a lot of players at Box Hill. Box Hill had another good win against Southport, and there's a lot of players there at Box Hill that are knocking on the door. There's a few um, sort of players I think that have got to find their form and fitness. Cough, Chad Wingard, cough, cough, CJ, cough. But um, yeah, it's it's. I, I'd like to see this game, this team get a get a get a run at games and, and see what they could do because it it felt like for the first time this year, and again, terrible opposition, but it felt like the, there was balance in this team and you could see the system taking shape. So, yeah, would would love to see this this team get another run. Should definitely get that cough checked out. That sounds very nasty. Um, number seventeen is Lloyd Meek. He had uh, eighteen disposals, four kicks, and fourteen handballs, which is exactly what you like to see from your big ruckman. Give it to somebody else who can kick it. Two marks, five tackles, thirty-one hitouts. He went at fifty percent disposal efficiency. Um, he had the two turnovers, seven score involvements. Um, took a nice contested mark, uh, three clearances. Um, 17 center bounce attendances and he absolutely laid out a West coast player. I can't remember who it is now. We see you will, because you remember everything, but my goodness, I thought when he hit that bloke, he may not get back up today. Yeah, absolutely. Stayed down. I mean, this is what we've been talking about. Like he's such a big imposing human being. So we just want to see him put that into the game because he could absolutely dominate. So, I mean, my biggest criticism from his game today, um, and, and in fact, before I get to that, I thought with Reeves going down, he dominated the second half and was really, really good. I obviously mentioned it with Reeves earlier. It's really hard to work out, I think, each of them have the potential to become outstanding ruckmen in their own rights. And I think at this point, in my mind, they'd both be more suited to be 80% of the game time ruckmen as opposed to 50-50 up forward or rotating to the bench. So that's going to be tough. But every time he's had to do it himself, he's looked really, really good. Um, and uh, the only thing I would say is I think, what did he, what did you say? Took two marks. Um, they're not quite Tim O'Brien proportions, but I reckon there are three or four or five almost marks for him every single game. And when he starts clunking them, that will make a massive difference. Like that will just make a massive difference in terms of, his presence, he still brings it down to, to ground and makes a contest, which is pretty important. But um, I, I think he's not that far off, like tearing games to shreds. So uh, I thought he was really, really good um, and gave him a 7 out of 10. Luke Bruce feasts down in Tasmania. Absolutely loves it down there. Um, 14 disposals, eight kicks, six handballs, five marks, five tackles, three goals, one. Where was this Luke Bruce the last couple of weeks? Daz, we've had this conversation. I feel like you've had Luke Bruce 
quite a bit recently and it hasn't been necessarily very positive. This one looks a lot better. 71% disposal efficiency, um, five score involvements, as I said, five marks, three of them inside 50, which is great. And that's what you expect. Um, and a much better outing for our veteran um, small forward. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, you know, it's just where he's at in his career that we're going to not see this consistently week to week um, for Luke Bruce, unfortunately. And, you know, for every game like this, he's going to have a have a down game. It's it's coming. Don't be surprised when it happens. But um, I think he worked really hard today. And I think, you know, four tackles inside 50 and 15 pressure acts. I think they found it really hard to get it out of their back half. And um, yeah, he, he was a, he was a really good contributor in that respect. So hard to, to fault that game. That was just a, a very Luke Bruce game. And as you said, he plays so well in Tassie. And we, and we talked about, I think it was, it might've been last week, Daz, we talked about the fact that this team can't carry the lack of effort that we've had defensively as a small forward when Luke Bruce and Chad Wingard are both in the team. But if this Luke Bruce comes every week, this is the Luke Bruce with the four tackles inside 50 and the 15 pressure acts. That's exactly what we need. We don't, he's, he doesn't need to kick three goals every week. Actually, we probably don't want him to because we want to see those goals from Tyler Brockman, um, Sam Butler, guys like that. But that sort of defensive pressure sets the tone for the rest of the forward setup. Is that fair to say? No, oh, absolutely. I think you said it beautifully. And I think he is really important for the development of, Sam Butler and Tyler Brockman um, and and the longer he can stay with those two and you know you're learning from one of the best small forwards to ever play the game so I want to see him in the side um, and I think on that performance he's just got to back it up next week which he hasn't really been able to do this year unfortunately for Brewsty but you know it, it, it was a it was a really good game and back to to some of his uh, better games that he's played this year for sure so didn't think I gave him a rating, but you know, uh, going to give him a seven. It was a good game. Now, does you said uh, one of the best small forwards to ever play the game? Speaking of one of the best to ever play the game, number twenty-three, Jacob Kaczynski, Andrew Weiss. That might be hyperbole, but um, it looked like a great second option at times as a tall forward. A bit of a foil for Mitch Lewis. Seven disposals, four kicks, three handballs, three marks, four tackles. Two goals, one. I think that should have been three goals. Um, he just had the one turnover, four score involvements. Uh, one of his three marks were contested, and that's sort of about it. He did have four ruck contests without uh, winning a hit out. Um, oh, no, he had one hit out. How was Jacob Kaczynski's game for you, Weesey? Binzi, I've got the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other shoulder, and they're both talking to me. What would you like to hear from first? All right. So so can, I'm glad that you asked because I think we need to preface Cozzy Chat with the fact that he was hopelessly out of form, even at Box Hill earlier this season, and we're starting to see not complete performances, but moments and periods and it's just nice to see the man kick a goal uh, and feel good about himself so let's start positive if we could Mr Weiss. Okay so absolutely granted seeing him celebrate and seeing it as somewhat of a release and guys get around him was really good really good. Daz talks about it all the time he's a confidence player so for him to be able to 
um, to release somewhat of the monkey off the back, I think is really good. And he's good for us long-term. He's young. You know, he's, you talked about giving guys, when we were talking about Connor Nash um, time, he's young. He has that on his side. Absolutely. He kicked his couple of goals, which if he's doing that every single week, we will all be happy. If he kicks two goals a week or three goals a fortnight and finishes with somewhere between 30 and 40 goals playing as that second foil for Mitch Lewis, beautiful, beautiful. The cynic in me says... He's finished the day with the least number of possessions for anyone on our team. That includes Ned Reeves and a, and a James Blank, who didn't have that much to do. Um, he did kick two goals, but 11 players in the lineup kicked two goals. So seven touches, three marks in a day where the ball is in your forward line all day. Is it enough? So, so that's the cynic in me. So, uh, uh, when did you when did you tap out and let Brad Klebanski in for <laughs> one player remaining? Well, no. So look, I, I just want to be realistic in terms of this game. Did he doing did he do enough? Yes, like he, he did enough to get a pass, and I'd probably give him a five and a half out of ten. And it's great. Does he hold his spot for next week? Yes, absolutely. Like we need him there as the second forward. Um yeah, am I? Do I think he's back? Do I think we're going to see a consistent output over the next three or four weeks? Don't know. Very doubtful, but it's enough to get into next week. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm sort of the, the scales are balanced because he did enough, but I don't think there's anything outstanding about his game. Like we're gushing over. 80% of the players today, he's not in that basket. Yep. I think that's, I think that's really fair. And I th- but I think if we probably gave Cozzy some truth serum and, um, you know, asked him a few questions, that's probably where he's at and what he'd be looking for right now is he just wants the little wins. I don't think he's, you know, wanting to be Wayne Carey Mark II. I think he's coming from a way back with his form and his confidence that little wins like getting two goals, um, seeing a couple go through the sticks, clunking a mark here or there, um, and providing a secondary option as a tall forward is is probably enough right now. And if he can back that up next week, um, then all power to him and we'll see what momentum and how momentum can breed momentum. So um, let's move on. Number 28, um, Cam McKenzie, 22 disposals, eight kicks, 14 handballs, three marks, five tackles, two goals, one. He had three turnovers, had two goal assists and eight score involvements. Um, So incredibly impactful on the scoreboard with his disposals as well. Um, And he had four inside 50s and even managed the four centre bounce attendances. Darren Levine, your thoughts on our young gun midfielder? Yeah, he's he's really the the new golden boy, isn't he, Cam? Um, just uses the footy so well. Just one of those players who just sizes up the options and does the right thing every single time. It's it's kind of robotic in a, in a way, in a non-creepy way. But he... He, he really, I, I, 
I think he's found a, a nice spot and it's kind of like the Connor McDonald spot um, of the past two years, just, just kind of on that half forward line, just spotting targets, just great to see the score involvements up and great to see him uh, hit the scoreboard himself with a couple goals. So, you know, he's God, it's scary to think of what kind of player is going to become because, you know, I think Brad put out a tweet the other day about this 2022 draft class and it's, it's pretty incredible when you when you look at the potential of these players and how they're all living up to that potential now and how they're playing in the top ten. So, yeah, Cam is just um, if you know if he doesn't get the rising star nom this week, it's got to be Josh Weddles um, because it would be an absolute travesty if they found some other player somewhere. They usually do that to us, but um, yeah, I feel like he he deserves it. And a rating. Oh, I've been waiting to say that for you today. I haven't had to say that this week. Uh, I'm going to give you my uh, 7.2. 7.2. Now we're just uh, we're getting funky with it. Um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Andrew Weiss, you have been a believer in Sam Butler, number 30 for the Hawks, just like I have. We've seen the moments. It's taken a little while for others to jump on board the train, but he had 16 disposals, five kicks, 11 handballs. Um, some of these stats that I'm about to read are stats that we've been deficient in for some time. So I'm, I get a little bit excited about it. I hope the listeners do too. He had four marks, six tackles. He kicked one goal, one. He spent 81% of his time in the offensive half. Um, he had eight contested possessions, zero turnovers. He had three goal assists, nine score involvements. He had six tackles. Five of them were inside 50 tackles. And he had the single a single inside 50 himself. Talk to me, Andrew Weiss, about Sam Butler. So it probably flows into the conversation about Luke Bruce and Chad Wingard. And the reality is that if you've got Butler and Bruce and Brocky and a Wingard and they're not doing that much, it becomes very, very noticeable. So the stats for me that really matter from Butler were those six tackles. And in actual fact, he had 18 pressure acts. Our top five pressure acts for the game were Newcomb, McKenzie, Nash, Butler, and Warple. So mids. So for him to be in there, right up there with our mids, as a small forward, like that's the job. And the, the difficulty will be transferring that to a team that is much, much more has much more ability to get the gap ball out of the forward out of our forward line out of their defense um which we've obviously had issues with throughout the year because our midfield unit's been incredible right keeping the ball inside forward 50 has been a struggle so this is the sort of game we want from him he doesn't have to be having 20 plus possession games he kicked his goal, he put the pressure on, he had his tackles, the nine score assists, sensational. So it's a really, really good game from him. I gave him a seven and a half and out of 10 and um, definitely think he played his role. Can't wait to see him next week against the Saints. Now, does Connor McDonald played less than a half of footy, uh, but had 14 disposals, six kicks, eight handballs. He had one mark. 
He had an equal team high nine tackles in less than a half of football. He went at 64%, um, had five score involvements and um, had two inside 50 tackles and two inside 50s with the ball in hand and even managed seven centre bounce attendances. Daz, what did you think of the half a game of Connor McDonald? Yeah, well, I'm really happy I got Connor McDonald this week because, I mean, that's got to be up there with one of the best tactical, well, it wasn't a tactical sub, but one of the best sub appearances of the season, surely. Almost world, almost AFL record pace for tackles, 14 disposals. He played more of an inside mid role as well. I don't it's know if okay. you noticed, but it's okay to say world record. It's not just an AFL record. I think it would yeah, be a world true. record too. Oh, it's played in other, it's played in other places, we see. But um, yeah, it, it was just such a, such an incredible cameo. I, I, you know, I just loved every minute of it. His hands are just, he's just got such a clean pair of hands. He's um, just love seeing him go through the middle. And when you think of this midfield group that we're building, and then you've got the likes of Cam McKenzie, Connor McDonald, Ward eventually going through, um, it's, you know, who needs Harley Reid? That's all I'm going to say. Who needs well, Harley Reid? Well, I mean, it probably doesn't matter because it's not going to be us. <laughs> no. Uh, um, let's let's get a gun key forward and um and and leave le- leave the midfield to this really promising young group and yeah ha- you know one of the best sub appearances of the year surely for Connor McDonald so um I'm gonna give I mean it's 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 hard to rate a half of football but if he had played the full cool. game he would <laughs> I'm gonna give him uh, eight beautiful now um Tyler Brockman is quickly, quickly finding a home uh, as a permanent fixture in this team. Uh, he came back from his um, time off. He's had 15 disposals, eight kicks, seven handballs, five marks, four tackles. He kicked two goals. He had two goal assists, seven score involvements, two marks inside 50, three tackles inside 50, one incredible run through the middle of the park um, and one incredible pickup, collect, fake, fake and kick from about 45 um, to start us off at the start of the game. Andrew Weiss, Tyler Brockman, go. Yeah, it was a beautiful goal in that first term. And I, you know, I I think if you're going to wrap up Tyler Brockman in terms of a package to so show someone what he's capable of, like that goal is it. Um, he's so skillful and he's he's so crafty. I absolutely love what he brings. And, and he's definitely someone, I mean, even at the start of this year, you talk about giving players time. Brad, Mr. Negativity from the Insiders, has been on the Brocky train the whole way through. And as always, they're like, he's the guy, he's our guy. He's the small forward that has the X factor. And and the, the flip side argument to that has been, yeah, but he's got to get on the park and he's got to get his head right. And um, interestingly, I don't think there was any mentions of twins on the broadcast, but in case anyone didn't know, he's got twins. So um, you, you know, all of these factors that you just wonder and he's starting to piece it together. 
The other thing I really like is, is top 10 for metres gained for us today. So we had 306 metres gained. And you look at all of the people that uh, I think maybe Jai's just above him with 330-odd, but he had 10 more possessions. So he's playing a bit more high forward and having a more, more of an impact up 40, 50, 60 metres out from play and able to penetrate with kicks as opposed to being stuck in a forward pocket. Um, so I think that's significant as well. So really good game. Kicked his couple of goals, gave him a 7 out of 10. Yeah, and 93% disposal efficiency is probably why, uh, speaks as to why the Hawks want to get him further up the ground because he does use the ball really well. Um, in general field play. So, uh, yeah, I think the, um, the there's exciting, uh, there's excitement building with the Butlers and the Brockmans um, as small forward options. And, you know, it's been slim pickings a little bit life post Cyril and Poppy, um, but maybe, maybe just maybe we might have a couple of guys to sort of um, bring back those sort of halcyon days of um, small forwards at the Hawks. Um, you know, all respect, all due respect given to Luke Bruce, who was there for that and is still here now. So fair play to Bruce. Thie. Um, James Blank, the fellow Evertonian, Darren. Um, James Blank, Blank, back from the reserves, um, played uh, and had 10 disposals, eight kicks, two handballs, five marks, um, and had just the one turnover, um, managed to get uh, have three score involvements, uh, took a nice contested mark, uh, and had one rebound 50. Tell me about uh, James Blank's game and don't rate him 10 out of 10. Go, Weesey, before Darren uh, starts, go. Some would say, Daz, that similarly he's battling relegation, so it'll be interesting to uh, to hear how he's, how he's fared. Very smug of you. Um, I, I wouldn't wish that pain on anyone. And you know what? I'm not sure how he got through that game with the stress and anxiety of a relegation battle on his on his shoulders, but um, he he lost that goal line um, contest against Oscar Allen. Immediately bounced back and won the next two contests. And I think we're a better better team when James Blank is playing one on one with their with their best forward. And sometimes you know he's he's gonna he's gonna get towed up and. You know, it'd be interesting to see how he goes and some some of the some of the the kind of more established key forwards in the comp. But Oscar Allen is a really, really promising talent. I don't think he's been I don't think he's kicked uh less than two goals for a long time now. Granted the ball went inside 50, 29 times, so he didn't really have a lot of opportunities, but it it freed Sis up to play that that damaging role. It gave a lot of balance to our back line and um, yeah, I hope he keeps his place because you can only ask him to to win his battle. And I think really on the day, aside from that one contest, he 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 played he played really well against Oscar Allen. And I didn't really notice the three score involvements and think he got that high up the ground. But that's pretty impressive too. So um, yeah, good a good outing for Blanky. I'm going to give him a seven out of ten. Now, Andrew Weiss, um, when I worked out the order and saw that you were doing Josh Weddle, I could feel the excitement for you. Um, 28 disposals for Josh, 13 kicks, 15 handballs, seven marks. He did not have a tackle, uh, which is interesting. Only player on the ground, 
for the Hawks that didn't have, oh no, blank didn't, no blank did. So the only player for the Hawks that didn't have a tackle, he kicked two goals. He spent 66% of time in the defensive half and 34% in the offensive half. When at 75%, um, had eight score involvements uh, and had two clearances, including a center clearance. He had four inside fifties and six rebound fifties for the game. Andrew, your thoughts on Josh Weddle? Yeah, awesome. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see if he's the rising star nominee for this week because it was a fantastic performance. You could potentially argue, I mean, obviously there's a game from Wardlaw at North, but um, Cam McKenzie's possibly uh, who he'd be up against because he, he had a great game as well. Um uh, it was magnificent. He was really, really good to watch. He looks, um, he doesn't look like your average 18-year-old. He's confident. He's got a big body, backs himself running. He, he took a couple of bounces, had 500 metres, nearly 500 metres gained, which is top five for us, um, composed, he's played a handful of games. What was it? His fourth game, maybe. Uh, that's unbelievable. Like that sort of game and didn't look like it would be like, he doesn't look like that's a one-off in the first couple of years of development. Like you were watching him going, he could be doing this every week. Um, so it was nice to have similar to, to Sis, it, it's probably a product of playing against the Eagles that Blank was the only one with a forward matchup. Sis didn't have to play as a key defender and Weddle didn't have to play as a third key defender because this is what he does. Um, that obviously led to, I think the trade was still being done at the time when Ash claimed him as his own. Uh, he lets us all know that he claimed him very early as his boy um, and he's going to play a lot of football for us for many, many years by the looks of things. So um, outstanding performance. He got my one vote today uh, and I gave him an eight and a half out of 10. Final player for review this evening, Seamus Mitchell, number 40, due for a number upgrade in the off season, the way he's going. 19 disposals, 12 kicks, seven handballs, six marks, four tackles, um, 74% disposal efficiency. He did have the three turnovers, but he had a goal assist and four score involvements. He had almost 500 meters gained, 489, um, and had four inside 50s. And that is about it for his stats. Darren, another good, solid game for Seamus. Yeah, he's, you know, his line-breaking speed was just um, an absolute feature of uh, that game. And um, I think, you know, on, on, on either flank with Lockie Bramble, they were just um, just tearing it up, those two. Switching the play really well, just absolutely carving it up off half-back. And he's an electric player. And, uh, you know, got to give credit to you again, Prinzi. You saw it with Seamus. You know, I thought he... He was drafted as a, a small forward, but he's really making that halfback position of his own. Um, so, yeah, just a, a, another week where he's cementing his place 
in this team and he belongs and he's actually really important to the way that Sam Mitchell wants to play footy. Um, and that's just this really aggressive, hard running, um, ag uh, aggressive out of defense um, line breaking um, side. So um, yeah. What, what are your thoughts, Danny? He's been your boy for, for quite a while now. Yeah, I mean, I think um, just another solid outing. And I think, you know, again, I touched on it when we were talking about Connor, Connor Nash, that um, we, we shouldn't be too quick to write these guys off. Sometimes the positional change is what you need in order to just establish that confidence and, um, you know, get a get a good run in the side. He was, you know, he came in as a, an injured, um, in a moon boot, 18-year-old um, kid, uh, who played one of the hardest positions to adapt to at AFL level as a small forward, um, lightly framed, very quick, beautiful skills, but uh, had to learn the defensive side of things. So, you know, that takes time. And But what you can't teach is pace and those skills at pace. And he has that, and that makes him a weapon. And um, if you have a look at the way that the Tigers built their uh, premiership um, juggernaut team of recent years they had plenty of players that would run and carry and use the ball long and Mitchell can do it short and long which is um I think that makes me really excited he gives us another option uh one that we want to get the ball in the hands of because he generally uses it really well you know what I love as well I mean this wouldn't be a 2023 podcast review without us talking about cutting too deep uh and whilst they're not the exact same player he's about to turn 21 years old but over the last sort of 12 to 24 months like this is the exact sort of opportunity that previously a Dan Howe would come in and slot in on a halfback flank and just get another game and with all due respect to Dan Howe like we've, we've been talking about Jager and Titch and what it has meant but he is a product of the full sweep the floor clean and be able to give everyone an opportunity starting from fresh and see who's got it and who doesn't. So that is just as heartening for me as what we're seeing in the midfield because he looks sen he looks sensational, his willingness to take the game on um, and still clearly has a lot to learn. Um, but, yeah, very, very exciting. Daz, did you give him a rating? Yeah, I'm going to give him a seven and a half out of 10. And what I really love about James Mitchell, he's always looking for that handball receive. He's always, he's, he's kicking and then he's going and he's looking for the handball receive and then again and again and again, all game. And I think when you have a weapon like that off halfback, it's, it's very easy to see when it all kind of comes together, why we ended up winning the game in the way that we have. And yes, West Coast were absolutely terrible, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, Seamus Mitchell, Lockie Bramble, Josh Weddle, James Sicily. These guys really set it up off halfback today. Yeah, absolutely agree. Daz, I'm going to throw to you as well, just for a word on the coach, please, um, from one Mitchell to another. Oh, a pretty flawless performance today from Sam. And this is the first time, I think, and again, we have to caveat everything we say um, this week because the opposition was absolutely deplorable. But that was the game where I felt like the system kind of all came together. And 
you know, they weren't sloppy. They weren't fumbly. They played the way they want to play. And it was a really beautiful thing to watch. So pretty flawless performance from the coach. I mean, you can't really get better than a 116 point win still against a bunch of professional footballers. So yeah. Um, great performance from Sammy in the coaching box. Absolutely. That's going to just about do it for our player review pod. Um, thank you so much to my co-hosts, Andrew Weiss and Darren Levine. You guys were fantastic. And Darren um, only had to prompt you once for a rating this week, which is uh, best on ground for you or best effort for you for the season. Um, Thank you so much to everybody who listens to the Hawks Insiders podcast, to everybody who reads our articles on the Substack. We are starting to really pump out some mid-season form type stuff, and we're really excited for you guys to be able to see that and hear that and read that. Um, please, if you're not already a subscriber, if you're not part of the Hawks Insiders community, we would love for you to subscribe. It's $5 a month or $50 for the year, and that gets you the best of the best content. We're getting more subscriber-only content coming in um, the very near future, including some um, insight into where now for Denver Granger Barras, including a piece on Will McCabe and his fantastic form in the under underage um, programs and what that means for the Hawks when they head into this year's national draft. And we would love for you to be able to get involved with that. So $5 a month, $50 a, a, for the year, head to our Substack to subscribe and we will catch up with you next time. We've got our Twitter space on Thursday night this week. We will have a pod coming very shortly with a couple of members of the Hawthorne footy club. And we look forward to hearing from you very soon. Take care and we'll chat to you next time. Thanks so much for listening to Hawks Insiders. Head to our Substack for more quality analysis, special features, news, interviews, and so much more.